Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Happy Fat Tuesday to you. Happy to have you with us here. Uh, It is about now that the streets downtown are going to start to close in preparation for the parade that gets underway 24 hours from right now. A couple things to get to on that coming up here in just a second. We have the ratings from the Super Bowl. And did I read it right that it was the most watched period of time on television since the moon landing the most watched event since july of 1969 yes wow now here's the crazy thing about that let me take you back kids back to a time before you were born when there were three television networks abc nbc cbs that was it and maybe you had an independent station probably you didn't maybe you had a pbs station but the three networks were it all three of them carried the moon landing live so no matter where you watched on right. TV, you were watching. If you were, if your TV was on at all, it's the only thing that was on, you were watching the moon landing. So the, the Super Bowl is on one network per year, which means that you, now you have all these different choices. I mean, streaming and you know every network in the world, all of the cable stuff and everything else is you know a couple of hundred channels out there. And one of them was carrying the Super Bowl, and it matched the 1969 moon landing. That's astounding. Let's see. What's the number? 130, excuse me, 123.4 million viewers um, across TV and streaming platforms. Last year, it was about 115 million. So this is up 7%. And that's even with the brothers going against each other. That was a big story last year. I hate to say it, but Taylor Swift is clearly a bigger story (laughs) than the Kelsey brothers. Uh, on the field. I'm glad you took that bullet and not me. It's, it's true. <laughs> I know, I, I know, I know. It just is. You don't have to like it, but it's true. Especially, how, can, oh, go so ahead. Yeah. How many people do you think had access to watch the moon landing back in when it happened? In do, you think it's, do you think the Super Bowl is more accessible for people to watch now? Yeah, I think there are more households. Does that have yeah. something to do with it, I don't, do you think? I don't think you'll have, yeah, yeah. You'd have to go a long way to find a household that does not have a TV. Exactly. So, so I'm trying to think back in 69 or however long ago, how many of those yeah. households actually had a TV to be able to watch? Yeah, not all of them. Because um, I would a, imagine people would go over to other people's houses and watch it if they didn't have it. So sure. you're still it getting those eyes deal. on it, but per yeah. household, yeah. Yeah, it, and, how much does that differ? And each one of those, right, if you look at the way that they were doing ratings back then, mm-hmm. you know, they, it, that was still, I don't even think they had Nielsen boxes back then. I think you had to write in what you were watching. I don't you even know, know you what to that keep is. Track. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they used to give you these little boxes that you put on top of your TV that could tell what you were watching, and it would <laughs> oh, report back. But, uh, yeah, I don't think those even existed then, so it was probably just you wrote it down in a diary and sent it in to them, and, you know, and the rest was history. But, at the, yeah, it, at that all they all that would tell them is what TV was on. It didn't necessarily tell them how many people were sitting there glued to it. You're right. Yeah, up seven percent from last year. Uh, just, just incredible. And they also, yeah, I wonder how many people did watch it streaming. Um, we did, but we watch everything. Like we get all our local channels through Hulu, so yeah. we kind of had to. But we were watching it on the the local network channel mm-hmm. just via Hulu. So I guess that kind of counts. But I know it was on the stream, the network streaming service as well. 
If I had been home, that's what I would have done. If I had been, I wasn't home, was it, but if I had, that's... Was it CBS that carried it this year? It was CBS, Okay, yeah, yeah. so it would have been on yep. Par- yeah, Paramount Plus is theirs? I think that's CBS's... This is the limit of my knowledge I think about... That's, yeah, CBS's streaming platform, because <laughs> NBC is Peacock, uh, ABC is just ABC. ABC. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Paramount Plus is all the CBS stuff. So, yeah, you could have done it either way, but you'd have done it through the through the streaming service? Yeah, because I would have... my t- Again, my TV's not even plugged in. So I, I just stream everything anyway. Yeah. I have multiple screens in front of me as I sit here. Big ones, but the TV that I own is not even plugged in for regular tv <laughs> this is fascinating let's let's go to Stuart Novelin park here real quick because i bet he's got a fairly common story to tell hey Stuart, how are you guys today good so uh, what, what were you doing sunday night uh, during the game where were you watching the super bowl well i was actually watching the super bowl with some friends of mine very dear friends of mine but i also remember back in 1969 i'm only nine years old but I remember sitting at my grandmother's house with about 30 or 40 relatives <laughs> watching them. So the moon thing landed. I didn't know what it was, but I remember it clear as day as soon as you guys mentioned it. But, yeah, watching the Super Bowl and is a big difference. But it's a memory that I'll never forget, either one of them. Yeah, oh, mm-hmm. I, I would imagine. And I would guess that the resolution was probably a little bit better for the Super Bowl this year than it was from the moon in 1969. My, my grandmother had an RCA black and white TV with a tube in the back. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, on the Super Bowl Sunday, we watched on a 65-inch Samsung 4K TV. Yeah, <laughs> totally different. Uh-huh. Excellent. I love the story, man. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, Thanks Stuart. a bunch. Yeah, some of you were texting that you watched the moon landing in class. Yeah. Saw and that's both. accounting for some of it. That was also, also yeah, and, and I, I just happened to stumble on this because I was doing a little research to find out because I wanted to, I thought, I mean, I was I was not born yet uh, when the moon landing happened by a few months but i thought that all three networks carried it i was trying to do the research and find out for sure and they did of course they did uh but the other thing is that if you go to england we're talking now overnight hours for them that was the first overnight broadcast for the bbc ever that was the first time they stayed on all night was to cover the moon landing okay i did not know that interesting i also didn't know when the bbc became a thing so (laughs) prior to that yes yeah um, all right, a couple other quick things to get to here about the game. And then I need to ask a sports question, going back to the game here for a second. Um, so the city of Kansas City has put out, uh, if you want alerts about the game tomorrow, and then this gets us into a question about cell phone coverage, but uh, you can sign up, you can text KC Parade, all one word, KC Parade, to 888-777. Those are the alerts uh, that they're going to put out. I, all kinds of stuff, missing kids, road closures, all that, all that kind of stuff. There was a concern about cell phone coverage. Um, that's not new, but there's also a question of whether Taylor Swift is going to be at the parade. Oh. It's a, it's a real question. Yeah, I think it's, a, it's a possibility. She plays in Melbourne, Australia, on Friday night. She could make it. I was playing around with. She has a private plane. Doesn't have to stop that kind of thing. But I was just playing around. If you were to fly from here on Wednesday afternoon, could you make it to Melbourne by Friday morning? And you could. You'd pay a fortune for it, but you could do it. You could leave. There's a flight that would leave at 5 p.m. Wednesday that would get to uh, Australia at 10 o'clock in the morning on Friday. 
and she doesn't have to do the stop in LA or whatever. So, I mean, she'll go to LA and get the plane, but uh, so she could easily make it if she wanted to. She could, but let's talk about the logistics of that for just a minute. I mean, I can't imagine for the life of me that Taylor Swift is going to be out there walking the parade route. No, my guess is I was talking to friends about this last night. My guess is she would go. I think I think it's a definite possibility that she would go. She wouldn't do the parade route. You sneak her into would, Union Station. Yeah, you probably she probably have a box, a, a, you know, similar to watching a game, probably a box on a side of the stage to get to watch the rally and maybe she's in a car for the parade, but you don't see her. I don't think you see her during the parade, but I think you see her at the rally. It would get mobbed. I mean, yeah. it just would get mobbed a hundred percent. And yeah. yeah, if you think about it, I mean, even going out on stage, it's not like any of the players, wives, the wags, the wives and girlfriends. It's not like any of them showed up on stage last time around. You didn't see, you didn't see Brittany right. Mahomes out there. So why would you right. see Taylor on stage? But you're right to have her there and at least witness the thing. You wonder how visible she's going to be to the crowd if she's here. So again, I will say, um, I think that will increase attendance numbers for the parade and the rally, almost every school district now has called off. Even Olathe, Olathe relented. Even Olathe finally did. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. Yeah. So I, I don't know what else we can say other than I know parking passes at World War One are sold out because I people now are trying to get rid of them. People who bought too many are going to carpool. Leave your car the night before. Be ready. I mean, do all the stuff. If you have kids with you, write your you know, take permanent marker and write your phone number on their hand. I mean, because I would not promise for a second that cell phone coverage is going to work with that many people. It definitely. And it, now it's also worth remembering it's not a guarantee and they can get bogged down as well. But with cell phone coverage, when you're if you're trying to make a phone call, you're probably going to be out of luck because it just I've been in situations like that where there's a million people jammed into a small area like that and it's impossible to even get a cell. Text messages tend to go through where cell phones don't. However, they also tend to be delayed. They can and they can be delayed up to an hour. I mean, I've mm -hmm. I've had it in some situations where it will get really really screwy. So uh, we talked before about walkie talkies. Those aren't a bad idea yeah. if you can find one that uh, that has a decent uh, you know signal switching ability and all of that. That may be a better way to go for you than just trying to get a cell phone through. Yes. Okay. Then I have to ask a question. I can. Um, I am maybe more baffled about this now than I was even on Sunday as I started to read more about the overtime rule and how the 49ers <laughs> didn't know about it. Uh-huh. And I have to ask a, a serious question. I, I sit here just, at, even I knew it was changing. I didn't know exactly what it was changing to, but I knew after last year the rule was changing. And I'm not in charge of telling anyone. The 49ers continue to say, the players continue to say, we didn't know about the rule. How do you not? It's your job. You play that game. You know what the rules are, you, or you should know what the rules are, and you're right. For something as specific as that, I mean, and it changed because of the game between the, the Chiefs and the Bills a couple of years yeah. ago, uh, that there was the you know the overtime game that, uh, you know, the, the 13 seconds game where they came out, won, they scored the touchdown mm -hmm. in overtime, and that was it. And because of that, the rules and competition committee got together and they said, okay, we'll guarantee both teams a possession in overtime. Now, that means that if you, on your first play of overtime, throw an interception for a touchdown, game over. <laughs> because right. both teams possessed the ball and you just lost. But they didn't. Uh, so if you didn't know what the rules were, 
if you thought, okay, both teams get a possession and then we keep playing, which is apparently what they thought. Although, why? I mean, even that doesn't make any sense. Um, they kicked a field goal and probably shouldn't have. I mean, Cody Tapp told us about that. The analytics say in overtime, you go for the touchdown. Actually, he said in overtime, you defer, let the other team have the ball first, and then you know what you're going to need. If they don't score at all, you kick a field goal. If they score a field goal, you go for the touchdown, you know, et cetera. How is no one fired is my question. How yeah. is no one fired? Because this is, I, I put some of this on the players, sure, because as someone just said on the text line, yeah, the refs went through the rules. We watched it on TV. I mean, the refs, before they did the coin toss, they explained and then said, yeah. does everyone understand? But I put this ultimately on coaches whose job, I mean, Andy Reid said, we ran every scenario. I mean, we knew the rule had changed and we talked about it and we ran through it. How is there not someone from the 49ers losing their job? No kidding. Over this. Well, I, it, uh, well there may be. You know, we, yeah. There's a long time before the next season starts. Uh, I don't know. I mean, when you talk about a head coach uh, or you know, even an assistant Somebody, or something like that. I don't that, know. But, yeah, but, but you're also talking about a team that made it to the Super Bowl. Granted, they didn't win, but that's a lot of success. Could have won right. if they just known the rule. But if you if you talk about making a coaching change or something like that, you run the risk that you're going to get a guy who's going to be a worse coach and won't get you back to the big dance. Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is a very intellectual and very smart football coach. Which is, I will say that he has had yeah. statistical success, and he has probably the tenth, ninth best winning percentage out of all active NFL head coaches right now. He's got a winning percentage of like fifty six. But 57%. The, even that, though, makes it all the more inexplicable that he was apparently right. blanking sure. on what That's this what I mean. rule was. Yeah, Right, right. I think I'm more forgiving than some people, and people make mistakes. Not to say in the biggest game of the year, the most watched thing ever, like we just talked about. Yeah, not cool. Don't do that. Yeah. But he's had a good track record for the most part, and people make mistakes. It's like me not. It would be as if I didn't know FCC rules. <laughs> yeah, like, you mean it's I that can't big say that word deal. on the air? Yeah, sure. That's that's what I mean. A, a basic rule that governs how successful we are on the air. Those are things that you are supposed to know. Do you think you should get fired if you curse on the air? And if I don't, well, dump we have it? A, we have a mechanism. I'll tell you. But I've if never I don't dump it. it, do I deserve to get fired? <laughs> you well, would get. You could get fined. Probably. Yeah. And and I've seen Which people deserved. I've seen people fired for less. Yeah. I think exactly. Yeah. And there are probably coaches that should be fired for less than than what happened well, on Sunday. And to be perfectly honest, I mean that, that may be a situation where, and we've seen this play out again and again and again. Sometimes there are things that you could get fired for, mm-hmm. but you don't because they value you. Yes. Right. And that players like Shanahan. Right. That's the, the that's, team likes Shanahan. The owner likes Shanahan. That's the kind of thing that you fire somebody for if you wanted to fire him right. anyway. Right. <laughs> you know, if you wanted him out and thought, okay, he did that. All right, ping, gone. Mm-hmm. But I, I wouldn't expect to but see they like him. They change. like him, yeah. yeah. PR. It's so humiliating. It is. It's so silly. Oh, it is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, 913-586-7798 if you uh, want in on that one. Uh, All right, we'll take a break here. Coming up, we're coming back to this question about if someone is drunk and you contributed to that person being inebriated, how much should you have responsibility? We'll get to this coming up here on KMBZ. Phone number here, 913-586-7798. Some of you wanted to weigh in on this. It's just been a couple of days now. And I continue to see stories about how the 49ers players claim they didn't know that the overtime rule had changed. And coaches say, yeah, we told them. 
And the win or the loss in the biggest game of their career rode on that. And that's baffling to me that that's a pretty big detail that they didn't get right. Yes, and I think we can all be happy about it, but... I'm not upset about it. <laughs> yeah, right. we're, we're not mad, we're just saying it's... Uh, I'm confused it's, as all. It's kind of a big deal to just leave that one sitting there on the table. Let's go to Jason and Lenex and see what he's thinking. Hey, Jason. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'm just confused as all get out. These are professional players. They've been playing since the third grade. It wasn't like they just learned to play football last year. Yeah. I knew the overtime rules. I, 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 they they didn't, and and why they would defer, you, you never defer in overtime. You always want, or you always want to defer. Excuse me. You, mm-hmm. you always want to go second. Yep. Everybody knows that. Um, so that was one weird thing. The other thing that's what I couldn't believe was all of the false starts by San Francisco. Um, you're taught since third grade football, you don't go on the snap count. You all have peripheral vision on the center. Watch the ball. He calls on a, you watch the ball. and you, It can happen once in a blue moon, but not as – these guys are offsides. Even she's offsides. Offsides on defense is a different deal because guys are trying to rush the line, and that can happen. But offsides on offense, you should maybe have one a, a game at most. These guys need retraining. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to argue with you. I suspect they're going to get it. Very true. All right. Hey, Jason, thank you. Yeah, it it was. I mean, now – a lot of you are, you know, on the text line calling them 40 whiners and all of that. And I think that's valid. I mean, we talked about that with them complaining about the practice field before the game and everything else. That didn't appear that didn't appear to play a role. I mean, we no. didn't we didn't see them didn't missing come up. right, missing passes behind guys and things like that. But what did and you know, he talked about the false starts. There were a lot, I've seen this all over the place online, of 49ers fans going, Man, there was holding every play and it never got called. It's the old, you know, the refs are in the bag for Kansas. City thing I, I I didn't see it any more on their side than I saw it on ours 913-586-7798 again I'm surprised nobody was fired but you're right maybe if they like everybody they just got a little bit of a talking to BC and Lee Summit is up next hey BC how are you today all right hey my my comment was right before the uh overtime the referee stood there and told everybody what the rules were yep I mean how more, what more could you have done? Yeah, I don't know. Apparently Maybe some people weren't listening. And just put I'm big guessing. big signs in both end zones. You know, <laughs> don't forget, they get another chance. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what you can do other than doing what they did. Yeah, and you always defer if you get the coin toss. Yep. Yeah. But that's just my like, thoughts. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Even. And no. I'm not an, an an expert by any means in sports ball. Now, again, you go back to the AFC championship game from a couple of years ago or the, the divisional round playoff game, uh, the 13 seconds game. And what happened? Well, the Chiefs took the ball first, went down and scored because before the overtime rules changed, before right. it became more of a mirror of what happens in college, not with the 25 yard line thing, but just with uh, you know having to to match or beat what your opponent just did. It no longer made sense to do that. I mean, so it wasn't that long ago that you would take the ball in overtime, but you've got to know that. And for the guys who are young guys, just tell mm-hmm. them. You play it like you played it in college. Yeah. All right, let's take one more call, and then we'll we'll move on. How about Bill Here. and Oak Grove up next? Hey, Bill. Hey, Lady Show. Hey, Thank you, you know, 
we got to get real about this. Their coaching staff made those decisions. There wasn't a single player on the San Francisco 49er team making any calls. Yeah, that they're not all, calling the plays. Yeah, exactly. They were they were dictated from the sidelines exactly what to do. I kind of agree that I think somebody, a coach, should have you know <laughs> kneecap. I mean, to make that decision. You know what I mean? And then I could see the players' confusion as to why. You know what I mean? For them to say we didn't know, but that had no effect on what they did on the field, whether they knew or not. They played their plays and were told exactly what plays to play. Well, and let's be real about this for a second. If you want to win the Super Bowl after kicking that field goal, stop us. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they didn't, and that's how you lose the game. Well, you know, it's kind of like that block kick the point, you know. Yeah. To my opinion, that defensive chief was the most valuable player of of the game. Because he made it off the overtime possible. Yep. True enough. All right. Hey, All Bill. Right. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Bill. All right. Thanks to everybody for getting in. I appreciate the. Uh, it's one of those like, am I crazy or not? And I'm not. So thanks, everybody, for uh, helping me out with that one. All right. Coming up, we'll talk about this lawsuit against Delta Airlines next year on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 913-586-7798. All right, this story gets us into a lawsuit that's being filed against Delta Airlines over wrongful death. What a story this is. You have two people who are on board a Delta flight coming home. And when they got home, uh, well, during the flight, uh, according to witnesses, the man involved in this couple was already drunk before he got on board the airplane. When he got on board, he was served at least two more drinks. This is a Sean Sturgeon, multiple alcoholic beverages before even boarding the plane. And they served him twice more. And by the time they got off the plane in Salt Lake City, he and his wife were arguing to the degree so viciously that it made people around them uncomfortable. There were people before the the incident we're about to tell you about that were already put off by this and thought it was going over the top. And then he got into the pickup truck and backed up over her, dragging her to her death. Yeah, they. Uh, sh- her name is Charlotte. She was outside um, the rear right door. It was open. Her child was sitting there. Like, they were putting the child into um, not a, like, just a booster seat. And she fell under when he backed up in the SUV. Uh, he then put the vehicle into drive and ran over his wife for about 10 feet before he finally stopped. And there was surveillance coverage because it's in a parking lot. He continued to, again, he has run over her and dragged her. He continues to scream at her then, saying things I can't repeat. Mm -hmm. Are you crazy? Get up right now. Get off the ground and get in the car. 
He put her in the car and drove to the toll booth, and that's where he asked for help. She died. Her state, le- her state now is suing Delta Airlines for wrongful death, saying you overserved, the same as you would sue a bar or a bartender, you overserved him. At the time of her death, his blood alcohol level was three times the legal limit. Yeah, more than 0.24, which is just unbelievable. So, and I mean, he was about to get behind the wheel of a car and drive home. Or, or a truck, it was a pickup truck, and drive home under those, uh, you know, under those circumstances. And that fact alone uh, is a big enough problem, let alone the fact that he ran over his wife and killed her. So, I, I mean, I don't know what he was thinking. What he was screaming at her to get up off the ground. Did he not even understand what he had just done? Was he that far gone? So he's already been convicted in court. 20 years in prison is what he got for this. But now the civil part of this is going forward, saying um, they said in in the lawsuit that he didn't even remember landing. That's how drunk he was or walking to his car. So if all they did was serve him two drinks on the flight, he had to have been drunk enough when he boarded. Quite frankly, if he was that drunk, they shouldn't have let him board the flight in the first place. True enough. Yeah, because he had to be close to that three times over. You figure yeah. it, you know, with how long the flight was, you're going to metabolize some of that alcohol out of your system during the flight. But he kept drinking. Yeah. So two more drinks would have just probably kept him about even with where he was when he got on. And you're right. He never should have been let on. But given the fact that he was, and this is, boy, this I guess the real meat of this question is, is the burden the same on a flight attendant as it would be in a bar where in a bar, they can just kick you out. You know, you're already 35,000 feet and you're halfway between Salt Lake City and wherever. It's not like they can kick you out of the plane. They can't just pull over. But they can decide not to serve you. Yes. And if you do, in that enclosed tube with every other story that we've had about people getting belligerent, getting nasty, and beating up flight attendants and things like that, are they going to be more likely to serve you just hoping that you're going to pass out? Maybe. And... I don't know how inclined gate attendants are or how much they're paying attention when that decision has to be made because they have that power. If if they think you're drunk, they have the power to say, we can't let you board the flight because of the, the health risks associated with that. I don't know how much gate attend. Think about how many people are sitting at a gate before a flight. Yeah. And there's two gate attendants there. And I wonder how much they're paying attention to each passenger they look at you they scan your boarding pass and you go yeah do, do they even are they even trained to look because even that in itself can be a problem if you're trained to look then the expectation is you will it's like salting the driveway right if you salt the sidewalk in front of your business you're giving people the idea that it's safe you're actually right. in more jeopardy if you salt than if you don't salt at all right and so um yeah are they trained to look and, and what happens if they think you're drunk and they're wrong? What do they do then, you know? And then do you have a lawsuit because they you can prove you weren't drunk? Yeah, if they refuse to serve somebody, I mean, that that's their right. They can reserve. For sure. Yeah, they can refuse whatever they want. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it may still get you sued, you know, for uh, defamation or something else like that if, if it turns out that the guy wasn't drunk and you announce to the entire airplane, no, I'm not giving you another drink because I think you're already smashed. And do they have any power, I assume the answer to this is no, once you land? Like some people metabolize alcohol slowly. I'm one of those people where it hits me a little later. I'm, I just have a slow metabolism anyway. Mm-hmm. 
So if you, I'm more likely, if I have a couple of drinks out, I'm not going to feel it as much while I'm out. But when I get home, I'll even be like, oh my gosh, why do I feel? Because it just, I metabolize it slowly. So is it possible they serve him a couple of drinks, he seems fine, and they let him off the airplane, but is he stumbling through the gate when they let him off? Yeah, and that sounds like they were, if there was going to be some kind of intervention, then that's where it should have taken place, is they should have called ahead. I mean, they, they do this all the time for people who are unruly on airplanes. We don't right. we don't know that he was. We don't know that he caused any trouble on the plane before they got off and he, you know, got whatever bug up his butt that, you know, he got and he started screaming at his wife. But for people who are belligerent on airplanes, they can absolutely have cops meet you at the gate. If you're that drunk, maybe they ought to. I always think it's fascinating that we hold bartenders responsible because people show drunkenness very differently and in varying degrees. It just looks different on different people. And this guy looked to be a pretty big guy, you know, six feet tall, 200 pounds, probably. So maybe he didn't uh, he didn't display it as much and. But maybe it was the fourth and fifth drink that he had or whatever it was that put him over the edge. I, I'm I'm having a harder time with whether they're responsible here. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's it's a very tricky thing just because they didn't refer to any of his behavior on board the plane. Because you can look a little sloppy and still right. be, I mean, for all they know, he's taking a cab home. You know, right. they, they didn't yeah, know necessarily, yeah. right, or an Uber or whatever, that uh, they didn't necessarily know that he was going to be driving. So is it their business at that point, until you become a real problem, is it their business to get involved? And how much, uh, you're, you're also talking about a much larger audience for a much smaller group of people. You've got, what, three flight attendants, maybe four on an airplane like yeah. that, serving a couple hundred people. Yeah, and I'm curious to know, Given he clearly is an angry drunk, I'm surprised some of that wasn't displayed on the flight. Have you ever seen that switch flip? Yes. Because I have. have. Yes, I have. And I think most of us who have dealt with people who on occasion, you know, family members, cousins, people like that who drink way too much. Yeah. Yeah. It it seems like there is like it's fine, 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 fine. All of a sudden he's a jerk. So maybe that's what he's like. And it just didn't hit until they were already off the plane and going to grab their luggage. It's also not uncommon for a couple to be fighting on an airplane. (laughs) So even if they were, that doesn't mean he's drunk. Yeah. You know? Um, Yeah. I I struggle a lot with where we put this responsibility. Um, I I think this one's going to be hard to prove. I think this lawsuit's going to be a tough one. Yeah. To put on these flight attendants. Does anything go to them? Does anything go to the airline? Does the airline itself have a responsibility? And again, I mean, I think it's going to increase calls because we've heard some of this since the pandemic and since people started going bananas over anything to just get alcohol service off of airplanes. Yeah, um, it makes money for airlines. That's, That's the, the problem. problem. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of it. Uh, but you're right. It's And it's not just compounding the problem is how much you can drink in an airport like in a layover before you board the airplane and Mm -hmm. you just can't control that yeah and so then it comes down to training more people to be aware of the signs of drunkenness and feel empowered not to let someone board and that's a lot combined it is so yeah where does that responsibility lie 913-586-7798 if you want to get into this one and just do you feel as though there's any percentage of the blame for what happened in that airport parking lot that goes back to the activities of the airline and the activities of the flight attendants on board still to come it has happened again a door 
fell out of an airplane. I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth, but it's happened again. Get to that here on KMBZ. A quick update here on a story out of Wichita that we've been filing quite a bit uh, or following quite a bit. Uh, Wichita police have announced they've made an arrest in that stolen Jackie Robinson statue. Fantastic. A uh, 45-year-old guy is his name in here. I can't find it. Uh, I don't see it, but he's uh, making his first court appearance this afternoon. Uh, currently being held on suspicion of felony theft of value over $25,000, aggravated criminal damage to property, identity theft, and making false information. Identity theft? Identity theft. <laughs> what What was this guy doing? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it just, what a weird story. Um, they, they, it, they've raised a ton of money in order to re uh-huh. you know to, to have that statue redone the mold still exists which was part of the story that came down just maybe a week or, or, or so after the theft was officially announced but uh yeah they said they will be able to go ahead and redo it but even the feet that are still there they're gonna have to go uh, let's see department said detective detectives are gathering information uh they are confident this is only the first arrest and that there are more to come uh, they think the theft was motivated by the financial gain of scraping common metal. Really? They, uh, yeah, sold it for the scrap. Sold uh, it for the metal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And by the way, they, they didn't even they weren't able to, to even do that because they ended up setting the thing on fire. That was yeah. that may have been their intention. And then it occurred to these geniuses, hey. Uh, where are we possibly going to scrap this thing where they're not going to know what it is? So the donations so far uh, to rebuild the statue are now approaching about $300,000. That's according to the executive director of the Little League. I like that they're clarifying that it wasn't racially motivated. Uh-huh. I, I guess you have to ask. Well, pretty easy to, to assume that it would have been. Yeah, motive appeared to be financial. There was apparently a news conference at 11, so we'll wait and see what other details come out of um, come out about it. The man was, I'm looking for the guy's name. Why is the guy's name not out? Um, he was taken into custody earlier in an unrelated case and charged yesterday. Huh. Okay. What's the, yeah, what's the identity theft? Maybe that was the case that he was in for Originally, anyway. Yeah, th- yeah, that he stole somebody's credit cards or something like that. And that uh, they eventually somehow figured out that, yes, indeed, uh, he was the guy who they have now charged with this crime. You're right. I'm, I'm even looking at different versions of this, and I don't see his name anywhere. I don't either. I'm on the Yahoo News version. I've been on KSN's version. How strange that they're – why would they be protecting him? He's going to be in court this afternoon, so the name's going to come out then. Yeah, it'll be there. Sure. A weird thing. So good that they caught somebody. That's a a cool update on that. Uh, Okay, we've had this happen again, uh, this time in New York, where a plane was able to land safely after a door fell off (laughs) mid-flight. The door, by the way, still missing. I thought they they uh, okay yeah they were flying over Stiegelmeyer Park in Chitawaga. Um but yeah they so they haven't found the door yet. Uh-uh. That's funny and it's a good thing. I mean that's a fairly well attended park, so uh, it could have hit somebody. But good to know that it didn't. They said they don't know what caused the door to fall off the plane. Now this is a much smaller plane. This mm-hmm. is a, a small private plane. There were only two people on board, and they were both fine. They landed the plane without a door, but still. Uh, seems like if you if I get on a plane and the door seems a little loose, I'm I'm not gonna fly. Okay, so what do I need to check now? Every time I get on a flight, <laughs> yeah, uh huh. 
I'm, I'm going to tell the flight attendants what I'm doing so they don't think I'm trying to, you know, sabotage the airplane or anything. But what do I need to check on the doors that, you know, the people responsible for the plane aren't checking to make sure the door doesn't fall out? Mm-hmm. Not just open, but fall out mid-flight i just uh, yeah i, I hinges? don't hinges is it just hinges yeah <laughs> hey you, you take a good look i don't know i think if you grab anything and start yanking on it on your way into a <laughs> into an airplane they're, <laughs> they're gonna, gonna have a couple that. of questions for you but <laughs> but you're right i mean uh, i it, it if this has now happened twice and the door plug thing was a very different thing they didn't mm-hmm. put bolts back in that they were supposed to put in but we don't know i mean was it a bad hinge uh was it rust i mean what happened to this plane that made that door fall off uh, the plane was only in the air for seven minutes between 5.39 p.m. and 5.46 p.m. Um, and turned around to land at the same airport from which it had departed. This is Buffalo International Airport. Yep. The door felt, this is the rear door, so there's more than one. So it's big enough to have two doors. Um, fell off above suburban Chicawaga. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, they think the door fell in the area of this park but they have not yet seen it. Yeah, Cheektowaga, just to give you the lay of the land, is it's a Buffalo suburb. Um, it's one of the outer eastern suburbs uh, before you get to, like, Depew and Lancaster. So Buffalo International Airport is actually located in Cheektowaga. They didn't go very far. Uh, and where that park is is just kind of southeast of where the airport is located. So it didn't take them any time at all to get back there. Okay, so I've spent a decent amount of time flying in small airplanes. I took flying lessons for a while in my 20s and a couple of friends of mine have licenses there is a checklist as tall as me oh yeah before you can even turn on the engine in a small plane i mean i assume for big planes too but there is it is a mile long of things that you have to check is the door not one of them (laughs) i mean it's not essential right i mean you can fly a plane without doors if as long as it's one of those little buddy holly airplanes then you can fly that thing without doors on it because uh you don't need to pressurize but it's not a real good idea and and you don't want I mean the thing is you don't want anything falling off of your plane. Right. So uh, yeah, yeah, I mean that could People on the ground don't want that either. No, they yeah, they that could hurt somebody. Um curiously, yeah, the the first do you remember the, there was the plane crash uh in Clarence, New York, which is again, the, the, we're talking about maybe another 10 miles away, 10 miles farther from downtown Buffalo than Chitawaga where the the woman who was on the 9-11 commission died in the plane crash. No. This would have been like 2003. It, okay. it happened literally across the street from my sister's house. I mean, okay. you know, you, you could walk there in 30 seconds from where she lives. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that area has seen its share of problems over the years. But just what a bizarre thing to just have a door fly off and land in a park. Sorry, as I go um, squirrel here for the a second, there are a lot coming. of sirens near me. <laughs> They're coming to get you, Jamie. What what happened now? Uh, you know, on any given day, who knows? Um, I also we also now have a picture and a name of the guy arrested in connection oh, to with the Jackie Robinson statue. Okay, I'm going to send it to you so you can help me describe him uh, if you would like. I'm I'm going to make some guesses here before I even see it, and let's okay. see if it was at all. At, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> that's the guy. Um, looks a little like Ben Kingsley, but uh-huh. maybe that's just the bald head. Um, but yeah, he he doesn't look terribly happy about life. Ricky Alderet is his name. I I couldn't tell you exactly ethnicity from looking at him. Um, I, I would say your average white dude, but uh, okay. yeah, he looks maybe just a tad darker than most. Um, yeah, but. 
Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, they said you know, more arrests are expected in this, but uh, yeah, he's uh, boy, he's an interesting looking fella. Wearing a, a mask, kind in the of, picture, which I, or sort of under they, his they chin. made him pull it down, but <laughs> yeah, uh, first time we've seen that here in a while. That may be Wichita jail rules. You go anywhere a mask. Yes. Um, so again, he's doing court this afternoon. We'll see exactly what he has to say for himself coming up a little bit later. All right, we'll switch gears coming up here in the next hour. Uh, it is there's only one baby box in the state of Missouri where you can surrender an infant within a certain amount of time. It has been used. We'll talk about that coming up here on KMBZ. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.